Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Happy Friday, Edwin. Happy Friday, Andrew. Happy Friday to all our Text Talk listeners. Glad you have tuned in today. And of course, it's Friday, so we'd like to invite you to be with us this Sunday. If you're in the Tampa area, we will be meeting to worship God together and edify one another. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, prayers, preaching from the Word. We're going to be remembering our Lord and Savior through the uh, Lord's Supper and that sacrifice. We're going to be doing that all together. We'd love for you to come, worship God with us, get to the website, christiansmeethere.org, and you can find out about times and locations. And also, I guess we'll just remind you that here in just um, a week well, another from week, Sunday, a, a week, week from, from Sunday, Sunday, we are having our very special Bring a Friend Day. So yeah. if you're listening to this before November 5th, on November 5th, 2023, Bring a Friend Day. And you know what? When they said bring a friend, I thought of you. So I'd like to invite you to come join us on that day. If you're in Tampa, if you're not, get a plane ticket. Come join us. We'd love yeah. to see you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if 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 you need me to write a ro- note for you to take home to your home congregation, <laughs> I will write that note. Come be with us on November 5th. Yeah, we're going to be talking about John 8, 32. So it'll tie into what we're going to be doing here next week on Text Talk. The truth will set you free. That's going to be that day. So we'd love to see you either this Sunday, next Sunday, any Sunday. Come join us. I guess I knew we're going to be talking about John 8 next week because we're talking about John 7 this week. We are. And so let's wrap that up today. Yeah, our last discussion here. I've got the... Legacy Standard Bible here in front of me. I'm going to read this last section starting in verse 40 to the end of the chapter. John 7 beginning in verse 40. Some of the crowd, therefore, when they heard these words, were saying, this truly is the prophet. Others were saying, this is the Christ. Still others were saying, no, for is the Christ going to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So a division occurred in the crowd because of him. Some of them were wanting to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said to them, Why did you not bring him? The officers answered, Never has a man spoken like this. The Pharisees then answered them, Have you also been led astray? Have any of the rulers or Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd, which does not know the law, is accursed. Nicodemus, he who came to him before, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man unless it first hears from him and knows what he is doing? They answered him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and see that no prophet arises out of Galilee. Everyone went to his home. Is he the Christ? Is he not the Christ? Yes, he is. No, he's not. Well, he can't be because he comes from Galilee, and we know that he's supposed to come from Bethlehem and be the seed of David. We've talked a lot about this gospel being a gospel written for second or third generation Christians. Um, And so you've got... Matthew and Mark and Luke written and in circulation among the Christians. And, you know, it's an interesting thing. John does not begin his gospel with, uh, you know, the, the, the birth narratives and all the miracles and fulfilled prophecies associated with that. But that doesn't mean that they are unknown and particularly to the church. So I, I wonder if this is one of those times where as I'm reading John, I'm thinking, but, but now wait a second, we, yeah. 
he was born in Bethlehem. In fact, there's this whole providential confluence of events that get him, or I should say Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem, so Jesus is born there. Yes, I I think this is absolutely one of those places. It's the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. If you've never read this story before, John does not. John does not make it clear. So for someone new, um, until they come to somebody and say, hey, wait a minute, you never did answer this question, then it can be answered. But for for those who have heard the story, this is actually a really subtle and powerful argument. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That is. And he did. I know he did. did. We've talked about that. I've heard sermons about that. We've talked about that. You know, when Matthew wrote his gospel, when Matthew was preaching to us, he pointed that out to us. Yeah. We know that. So, again, it's the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And and, and to put this, uh, what do you want to call it, um, test? In the mouth of the critics, I think just underscores. Oh, yeah. yes, we actually have proof about that. We have evidence. Boy, you know, you're right about that. Pharisees. <laughs> He's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. That's right. So let me tell you a little bit about Jesus and his mom Mary. And Luke comes along and says, "I actually talked to Mary." Let me tell you what she pointed out to me. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so there's there's definitely that understanding. So there's division among the people. They're they're trying to figure this out. And of course, I think the reason why John himself doesn't answer that because in the Point that John is making, Jesus doesn't come from Bethlehem. Jesus comes from heaven. Mm, yeah, that's right. That, that's he comes he, from above. He right? comes from above. That's the emphasis John is making. So he throws this out there, and it's just left. And again, it becomes that kind of implicit, if you're in the know, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. I see what you did there. But that's not that's not what he's driving home. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not trying to drive home. Here was a prophecy about a birthplace. He's really digging into Jesus is from above. Mm-hmm. And we know mm-hmm. that. We know that because look at the works he did. Look at the kind of teaching he does. Yes. Look at the words that he says and the mm-hmm. works that he accomplishes. And when we're done, we realize mm, this. he's from it's not really about being from Bethlehem or from Galilee. It's about being from above, and that's where Jesus is from. But, of course, it does help when we read these other Gospels that say, but it did fulfill that prophecy. Well, and if you've got your text talk uh, a bingo card out, I'm going to drop Inclusio. Oh, where do you see that? Well, because you you start in chapter 7, verse 1. After these things, Jesus was walking in Galilee. You know, there's a whole discussion with his brothers. Why don't you go down to Judea? And where does this chapter end? Well, they're talking about Galilee. Coming from Galilee. And coming from Galilee. And no prophet comes from Galilee. Mm-hmm. Search and see. All right, so here's our Nicodemus thing again. The, the recognition that the first time we saw Nicodemus in chapter 3, he's coming under the cover of darkness. He's walking in the night. Um, his story just kind of drifts away, but... Boom, here he is right in the middle of the gospel coming out into the light a little bit. Mm-hmm. Here it's not it's not full on I'm I'm following Jesus. It's not full on I'm confessing Jesus, but I am at the point now saying guys, we need to we need to consider this more than we have. We what? we need to give more of a listening ear than we have. I like what you're saying there because it, to my mind Nicodemus is the voice of reason. And while plans are afoot to apprehend him, they're sending officers to go and arrest him. And we've even been reminded in this chapter, yeah, there's people that straight up want to kill him, but Nicodemus Nicodemus is willing to say, verse 51, does our law judge a man unless it first hears from him and knows what he is doing? Um, You know, there's a suggestion here, guys, what if we're breaking our law, which, hey, we shouldn't be breaking our law, should we? Right, right, right. 
And it really betrays the hearts when they shout him down. Oh, are you from Galilee also? Oh, are you going in with him also? I think something we should learn just about teaching the gospel from this case with Nicodemus and how John presents him through the gospel. Because again, I do believe by the time we're done, he's coming along with Joseph of Arimathea. He's burying the body of Jesus. paying money to do it right. In that moment when it is most dangerous to Mm -hmm. be on Jesus' side, Nicodemus finally comes out fully, completely on Jesus' side. But you know, Jesus had that first conversation with him, and I'm still going to maintain, we're supposed to notice that was under the cover of darkness. Nicodemus is not in a good spot. When that conversation is done, he's not bowing the knee before, I mean, just nothing happens, but he's not bowing the knee before Jesus. It's not a conversion. And you know what? We talk to people, and we get done with that first conversation, and you know, we're like, "How, how did they not get it? How did they not get it? But what's happening here with, what we're seeing is, The things Jesus said in John 3 are playing in Nicodemus' heart and mind. They are impacting him. And now we get to the middle of it, and they're still working on him. And he says, we need to hear more. We need to listen more. We don't need to just prejudge. We don't need to just dismiss. We need to hear and listen more. I don't know what Nicodemus went on to do to hear and listen more, but I know by the time we're done with this gospel, he's going to be on the side of the kingdom. Yes, he's with the disciples. And so let's maintain that. Let's remember our work as kingdom citizens to make disciples is not, I go have a Bible study today and they're baptized by tonight. It's, let's drop this pebble in their shoe that is now going to niggle at them and and poke at them and and constantly bring them back to saying, I got to think about that. And it'll be playing on their hearts and minds. And it may be somebody else that has that final conversation. I know I appreciate that. And it is encouraging. You know, when you read John 4 and you see a whole village of Samaritans come out and they want to be disciples and Jesus is there for two days with them, and boom, you got a whole a whole village. Yeah. And that's fast, and boy, praise God when that happens. But yeah, you're right. Some, for a lot of people, it it's a journey, and evangelism is a process. Right. Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah. Sometimes it's the Samaritan woman and a whole village converted in two days. Sometimes it's Nicodemus, one man, and it takes a couple of years. It takes some years. A, a while. I'm so glad we talked about that. That's really good. But there's really something else in this that I really wanted to dig into today because I love this challenge, this challenge that when Nicodemus steps up and, and makes this comment, what he gets back is, are you also from Galilee? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. Does that kind of suggest he's not from Galilee? Uh, that Nicodemus is not. Yeah, yeah Nicodemus I, is not from Galilee. He, I, think okay. he, I think he's there in Jerusalem, probably okay. from Judea. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. I think. I mean, I don't know. But that's where he interacts with Jesus, is always there in Jerusalem, I think. But it's a, no prophet comes from Galilee. No. Now, I'm sure that what they're saying may be the idea. We've got no promise of the prophet coming from Galilee, kind of building off of that thing about supposed to come from Bethlehem. But, you know, we do have a challenge now. Well, wait a minute. Are there any prophets that come from Galilee? Yeah. Search and see. Actually, there are. At least there's there's one. I know there's at least one. Because I find oh, out... Also, Edwin Crozier said, challenge accepted. <laughs> Second Kings chapter 14, verse 25 says, Jonah is from Gath-Hefer. And when I go back to Joshua chapter 19 and verse 13, I find that Gath-Hefer is in the region of Zebulun. Guess where the region of Zebulun... I mean, just go look at a map. You know where Zebulun is? Mm. Galilee. Galilee? Yeah, the region of Galilee. So maybe what they're trying to pull off here is, well, we, I mean, it wasn't called Galilee back then. But I think this is another one of those places where, okay, let's accept their challenge. Wink, wink, 
nudge, nudge, I'm looking back and I find out, oh, actually a prophet does arise from Galilee, and man, what a prophet. It was Jonah of all the prophets. Of, it was Jonah. Of Jonah of all of all the prophets. <laughs> all it was the, Jonah. Of all those prophets. Who was put down into the pit mm-hmm. and came out of it on the third day mm-hmm. and went and taught an entire kingdom City, was yeah. saved from destruction oh oh gentile kingdom now that was a by gentile the way kingdom. it was a gentile yes, kingdom absolutely uh i mean it's kind of like yeah i actually did search i did find that a prophet arose from galilee and it's a prophet that really foreshadows the messiah and the christ mm-hmm. resonates and i get it there's not a an absolute one-to-one overlay between jonah and jesus jonah had his own problems But what we do see in the story of Jonah is that Jonah is sacrificed to save those men on the ship. He is down in the pit, in the belly of the fish, and he describes it as being in the pit for three days. He comes back up. He's sent to the city to proclaim judgment, Yeah. but they repent and they escape it. Here are folks that are refusing to accept Jesus. He is going to go down into the pit for three days, and he's going to come out, and he has a message. His message is actually you can find salvation, but they're going to reject it. And because they reject it, they're going to find judgment. And that's going to very literally happen on Jerusalem in mm-hmm. 70 AD. Yeah. But then we're also talking very literally about eternity and the judgment that's coming for everyone. Well, and, and to dovetail with that, in the Synoptic Gospels, at least in Matthew, uh, when Jesus is challenged to give a sign, he says, no sign will be given you except the sign of Jonah. Jonah. Yeah. And so Jesus himself draws the comparison to this prophet. Look at Jonah. Look at the Christ. Just like the Bethlehem thing, if you have been reading the other Gospels, it's a second or third generation Christian. You know the story. You've heard the other sermons. That, that'll come to your mind. Oh, yeah, I know that prophet. And Jesus said it's going to be his sign. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of like, what's the sign in John? The sign in John is destroy this temple, and in three days I'll build it mm-hmm. up. And he's talking about his body. Mm-hmm. That's the big sign. That sign is yet yeah. to come. The sign of the resurrection. He is the prophet. He is the Christ, Jesus the Christ. So glad that you joined us for Text Talk today. Of course, we'd love to hear what you're learning from God's Word, our text. Send us emails, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's have a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. And we're glad that we can read your scripture. As we've discussed and reflected today, we think about Jesus Christ. We think about the line of prophets and your providence and your great plan that was leading to Jesus. Uh, Those like Jonah and the amazing things that you did with him and how those were foreshadows and precursors to the wonderful fulfillment of Jesus who died for our sins according to the scriptures was buried and on the third day rose again according to the scriptures and that he was seen by Peter and the twelve and we believe in the power of that death, burial, and resurrection our hope is in the gospel of Jesus Christ we thank you Father that Jesus is the Christ and in his name we pray, Amen Amen Thanks for talking about the text with us today I'm Edwin Crozier and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne.